Parts Unknown. This is the Art of Floundering Podcast. Wishing you nothing but peace and love. All right, all right, all right. This is Will Dick with the Art of Floundering Podcast. Today is Friday, the 7th of January, 2022. I want to wish everybody peace and love. Good morning. Um, Wow, what a day, right? Hey, let's start this off fun before we talk about the sex industry. Um, okay. Uh, just, uh, just, this'll be real fun. On this day in history was the first U.S. presidential election. Congress set January 7th, 1789 as the date by which states are required to choose electors for the country's first ever presidential election. A month later, on February 4th, George Washington was elected president by state electors and sworn into office April 30th, 1789. More fun on this date. Um, gosh, the first balloon flight across the English Channel occurred on 1785. In 1929, Tarzan was one of the first adventure comic strips to appear. First class postage was raised from four cents to five cents. The newlywed game premiered in 1967. L.A. Lakers chuck up a uh, 33 in 72. They won their 33rd consecutive win. And Islanders' Brian Trottier's 10th career hat trick. So that's today in history, man. Isn't that exciting? Little, little, uh... All right. We're going to do... In the past, I have had, uh... Sex workers on the podcast. I've had, I've had a couple. And we've had him interviewed and stuff like that. And uh, we're going to be doing another episode, another deep dive. I've been working in the background to secure interviews, and we'll see how it goes. Hopefully next week we'll have some interviews. Uh, We will see, but I am trying to work on it. Just so we know, 80% of the world population, okay, worldwide there's an estimate of 40 to 42 million prostitutes, sex workers. 80% of that population is women. 90% of all that population relies on a pimp. China has approximately... China China leads the world with approximately 5 million prostitutes. India... 3 million, the United States, 1 million, Philippines, 800 large. Now, this is, this is not a per capita breakdown because what jumps out at me is when I look at the populations of China, India, and perhaps the United States, and then compare that to the Philippines— 800,000 for the population of the Philippines. I wonder what that per capita breakdown is. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll break out my old statistical knowledge on this topic. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because everybody has different opinions on this. 
my opinion is uh, my uh, it, yeah I, I'll check it in a second my, my opinion is um, that the uh, sex industry is going on it's uh, it will continue to go on it's been going on since the dawn of time so I think it's high time to start doing something besides creating laws that are obviously probably doing more damage, unintended consequences with our laws. Getting back to this statistic here. Now, if 90% of all prostitutes, and I hate to use that word, but prostitutes, um, rely on a pimp, it would be safe to say that perhaps 90% of the prostitution population has been exploited left and right. Left and right. And so we look at, we look at this thing. Let me take my headphones out because I'm having trouble. We look at these things. And we look at things like, okay, so why do we have laws? Well, to protect people, right? Well, are they really protecting people? Well, but what drives people? What drives people to the underground economy, okay, um, to doing, quote, prostitution? What, what, what actually, what is, what is the driver of that? And uh, I would argue and it's and it's and it's open and we're going to look at data. I'm going to use data to make every everything I everything I bring forth in this sex industry series is going to be data driven. Okay? But I would I believe that the data is going to show by and large. I'm not talking your OnlyFans variant. I'm making, I'm I'm doing a the sex industry, right? There's the OnlyFans folks and we'll talk about that phenomena. But I want to talk about the the underground, the 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 street prostitution, this kind of thing. The people that have pimps, like I said, that statistic should jump out at people. If people really care about human rights, the the statistic that ninety percent of the world's population that's that that works in prostitution has a pimp. Now. Is that the system we want to create? Now, once again, you know, you can, in my opinion, legislating morality is, is futile, okay? This sex industry has been going on since the dawn of time. And so now, you know, what, what are directions? And all I want to do is I'm going to present a picture of people that work in it, um, various issues around it. Um, we've got some interviews lined up. In fact, I'm probably going to go to Pueblo this afternoon. We'll see, you know, um, and talk to a couple people. How do I how do I find people to do this with? It's very simple. It's called the internet, man, and it's it's an awful weird approach. But I, hey, my name is Will Dick. I have a podcast. This is going to sound odd, and all I ask is that you listen. And and a couple people may be willing to talk to me. We'll see, but that's going to be coming in the coming weeks, man. And let's once again, let's go over the. I want to go over the statistics one more time, okay? Because this is, you know, 
this is a this is a this is a you know this is this is occurring right and and I and I and, part, and I'm open to discussion, but I don't think laws are helping protect people. And what I mean is making this stuff illegal, forcing it underground. What about root causes, right? Now, there's two different types here. I would argue, and I'm no expert on this shit. Okay, in full disclosure, man, um, you know I'm no expert. Um, but but what would drive somebody to this? I remember in grad school looking at assault data, and it was always interesting that some of the people that were the most victimized were also forced into the underground economy, the way they look, perhaps it's their criminal record. It is all, there's a myriad of reasons why for they're not getting a fair shot, right? So what are the resources that are in place that's really gonna gonna help people to once again two different there's there's voluntary there's people that go into this because there's huge money in the sex industry huge money it, it it's huge so you know let's take morality out of it okay let's look at it and I'm gonna be honest let's let's look at it like you see, you hear athletes a football player. I gotta make. I'm a running back, for example. Running back in the NFL, last time I checked, has two or three years on average before they're out of the NFL. So that's three years to make as much money as you can in your profession of choice before you're out. That's an incredible amount of pressure. Now keep in mind, let's say you were a plumber and only had two or three years. To to okay, that's your choice of profession, but you can't do it till you're Social Security eligible. You can only do it two or three years. All right. So the, the, this is this is this is a reach, okay? But <clears throat> there's probably for people that are interested in doing porn, for example, okay, on OnlyFans. There's probably a short window, right? We're, we're, you know, we like youth and all this kind of bullshit. And, you know, people get married, life moves on. So, but there are people making millions of dollars in OnlyFans. There are porno companies that even today are generating millions, millions, millions of dollars. Matter of fact, let me Google what the sex industry. I should have been more prepared. The prostitution trade in the United States is estimated to generate $14 billion a year. That's $14 billion in the, quote, underground economy. That's $14 billion in potential uh, tax revenue. Not the whole $14 billion, but a percentage of that could be taxes, right? So, you know, where, where I'm talking about the United States. Where's the United States going? What's the answer? What's the middle ground to this? You know, how... You know, I, 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 my argument is much like the drug laws have failed, so have the the, the sex industry law, and, and I and I know human trafficking's a thing and all that, but what what promotes human trafficking? What you you know, um, the illegality of all this forces everything underground, forces this kind of thing to happen. 
And so more laws against, is that going to stop it? it? Right, is that going to stop it? Is that going to, is that going to, you know, are we legislating morality? So it's something we're going to take a look at next week and beyond. So stay tuned. So that's our first little bit. So let me go back to something here. So first off, good morning. It's Friday. I'm calling today's show Reality Friday. Why? Because it's Friday, right? And the reality is Monday's Monday. But <clears throat> most of the country here in the U.S., I would imagine, is a bit hungover, a bit exhausted just from all of it. The national tone seems to be exhaustion. Clearly, when you go to news networks and they just report on what other news work networks are saying, one has to wonder. One has to wonder, what, what circus am I living in? Living in a circus where 90% of the world's prostitution population has a pimp. That's a real issue to talk about. We're not talking about that. $14 billion in the underground prostitution you know, United States, we're not talking about that. How many people are victimized? How many people are forced into this? Because the scenario being, well, don't have an education, don't look right, have a criminal record. In, in the uh, case of trans, um, that, that was at least when I was in grad school, and this was late 90s, early 2000s, it was, it was shocking the assault data that come in. You can look it up. It's, they, they, they do a report every year. FBI uh, does these statistics. So it was shocking. So what's going to stop that? More laws? Are more laws going to stop that from happening? You know, how's that worked with the drug law? Jesus, how do, how do laws work now? You know, I'm not going to get into things that are unpleasant to talk about. Yesterday's over. But how do laws work right now? Are they really having their intended consequences. I believe this is an issue that needs to be addressed from a fucking reality perspective. You know, there's a lot of things. Like, for example, I hate fucking smoking. It makes me sick to be around. I fucking cannot fucking handle it, right? Smoking's not illegal because I don't like it, right? <clears throat> You know, and it's not a moral thing with me. It's not like I think, oh, God, I'm a sinner if I smoke. There's enough vices I have. It's just one of the vices that fucking, I just cannot fucking handle it, right? I can't handle being around it. Point being, <clears throat> you know, our individual morality um, sometimes is incongruent with other safety. And like I said, I'm open to arguments, but I mean, clearly the path that we're on um, makes no fucking sense. At least it does to me. From a pure dollars and cents, that's a lot of revenue out there. Way back in the day, there was a couple of porn companies that went public. This was back when people still bought videos, okay? Before the model all changed, you know? But <clears throat> when this porn company went public its valuation was in the billions and mutual fund companies were perplexed jesus this is a wise financial investment but how can we say someone's you know grandma's financial portfolio includes vivid or whatever the fucking porn company is right how can how can this mutual fund include that well i'm 
you know, what about booze? There's all kinds of, you know, things out there that some disagree with and some don't. Some of these things are illegal. Some of these things are not. Why is it? What is it about sex? What is it about sex that has us so fucked up? You know, from, let's not even talk prostitution, just from what somebody, what, how somebody's wired sexually seems to be a big fucking issue, man. And I would argue, every single one of you, anybody that stumbles on this, anybody that wants to, man, we all got fucking thoughts, and if you say you don't, then okay, you're the one fucking person that doesn't, alright? Just like in school, there are those that fucking jerk off, and those that lie about it, Okay? But these things are going on. They'll continue to go on. Um, and I argue by, I think these laws we have in place create the Epstein Islands. They create the sex trafficking. They create more street-level crime. They create the perpetuation of the pimp. And where the individual sex worker is getting exploited left and right. So this person left one situation where they're, it's a no-win. And they go, okay, I'll go do this. And now they're just getting exploited left and right. Girl I had on the podcast, she was 19 fucking years old. And she was doing this. And her clients were fucking old men, right? And that was just, she just recognized that's what it was. But she told me. And it's, it's, uh, I forgot her name on the episode. It's, it's on there. Um, it'll come to me, but it's in the first year of the podcast. You can go drill down. There's two of them. And, um, so she, uh, talked to me about when she was working in Dallas, she got hooked up with cartel members and we didn't talk much about it because quite, quite frankly, I wasn't interested in the, the diddle details. Okay. I wanted to know about her her not the sex industry you know what I mean but I've got right now I've got two people lined up Um, we'll see I mean this is a you know if anybody's this is real dicey because you know these are these are hard interviews to secure and um, especially full disclosure when you're not a client which I'm not a client um and so it's awful odd, you know. They're like, hey, time is money. I, I don't got time to fuck it. I, I'm out here to make money, right? So what I simply did was I, you know, I, I did a little internet search, searched some people and, and wrote a couple people, said this is who I am, this is what I'm doing. Um, my goal is not to uh, fucking shame anybody or sensationalize this shit. But I want to I wanna know about the person, their life, their upbringing, their environment. We talk about what drove them to this, but it's not like, it's not like, hey man, my life is firing on all cylinders. Everything is fucking going right. Once again, I want to differentiate because there, there's, there's, by, there's the by choice. There are people that do this by choice that don't have pimps that that work as escorts and stuff like that. And I'm not talking OnlyFans. I'm talking that, that OnlyFans is not. This OnlyFans is porn videos. I, I can't, I'm not a fucking adult entertainment expert, but I'm drawing the line. But I think OnlyFans is a good thing uh, because look, this shit's going on. 
right? So if somebody, instead of somebody filming a fucking porno movie for some fucking company that's going to pay them pennies on uh, a couple hundred bucks, and now their life is forever fucking, quote, stigmatized in this society. Not as bad now, but it still comes up probably, right? You know, you, you do a couple porno films when you're in your 20, 20s, now you're 40, and you're trying to be in the PTA. It comes up. I'm sure it does. It's one of those things where I would argue that if you make a decision to do this, it's kind of one of those, you got to accept that this is a lifetime consequence thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It's just one of those things to be aware of. And I think as time goes on, there's less stigma, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? So a lot of my frame of reference may not be currently because I, I have a sense that attitudes are changing, you know. But, you know, the, 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 all this bad, all this, this stuff and, you know, the trafficking, the violence, the exploitation, the, what's driving people to do that in the first place, those go, we're not, we're not working on those. We're just going to fucking continue with this fucking laws that I argue do more damage than they do good, you know. Um, and this is a slippery slope argument, you know, I, I, I you know, going down this, I, I can open myself up to very straw man arguments They're like, oh, you're just advocating lawlessness then. No, it's not what I'm advocating. But I would say, never mind, never mind, I won't, I won't go there. But um, it's just just my opinion. Um, but it keeps coming up. And ancillary to this, ancillary to the people that are getting exploited in the sex industry are the other people that are still exploiting those in the sex industry in the name of a nonprofit that's going to rescue them, right? Uh, I'm not going to get into some of, some of these ones out there that throw out bogus statistics, a bogus set of reality, and do fundraising based on this bogus set of reality. Oh, we've got children fucking in the millions in the United States being sold off in, in the millions. And if you look at the numbers, it'd be one in four kids. So it'd be such a big fucking problem that they're stating that we would personally know somebody because of the six degrees of separation. All of us would be in contact or have a, uh, have a, a, a relative that got caught up in sex trafficking if these stats are accurate. And that relative would be under 18. I'm not saying it doesn't go on. It certainly does go on. But the exploitation doesn't end, you know, it just keeps going. It's become a cottage industry of we're going to make it illegal, then we're going to do fundraising on problems that don't really fucking exist. And, you know, it, it's crazy. It, it's just crazy. And I don't think it's getting us anywhere. I went, the reason why all this came up is last night I decided uh, because of I was feeling good and I wanted to get some nighttime shots. There's a couple of my posted on Twitter and the Facebook page, but I want to get some nighttime videos and shots. So I went to Pueblo. Now, Pueblo is not supposed to be a quote safe place. It's bad. Ooh, be careful. Pueblo's rough. I don't give two shits. Um, I did have a police officer fucking say, "Hey, man," and I just said, "Look, this is what I'm doing. Here's a couple of my pictures. You know." He goes, well, you need to be careful. And I said, I, okay, thank you, officer. Goodbye. You, you know, but, um, but what I was seeing, and I wasn't out there for sex injury stuff. There's some really cool graffiti in Pueblo and stuff like that. And I wanted to get some nighttime shots of this, this graffiti and some other things. 
but obviously, and, and this was amazing, man, the, the amount of activity I was seeing. And it was, you know, and this is not pimps from your 70s movies, man. This is not fur coat. These are, you know, the fashion statement, I would say, was all grunge, man. Average age, the, the demographic of the, the I saw were, were uh, pr- uh, primarily white dudes. Maybe early 30s, late 20s. All look like uh, appearances, not to use appearances, but I'm going to, sorry. Um, pretty strung out on shit themselves. There was fucking drug dealing going on and, and, and prostitution going on to, 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 to this fucking cycle. Drug deal, drugs are illegal, so we're going to do this underground. Prostitution's illegal. We're going to do this underground. We're going to do both underground. We're in these real shitty circumstances. We got the whole world fucking on top of us. No way to get out of this, right? No resources to get out of it. No hope other than get busted. And then if you raise a hope, in my opinion, and there's really good organizations out there, but you don't see them, all right? But there's some behemoths out there that are just sucking up all the donation funds for home security systems and really slick videos and really cool offices and really cool job titles for the multiple layers of management that they have that are all related or somehow go to the same church, right? And on and on and on and on and on. So... One can make an argument that their funding, their business model is derived from a, a certain set of parameters or a reality that they're going to dictate. And any change to that reality is going to hurt their fucking business. So there'll probably be some resistance like, ooh, 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 deregulating, legalizing it, somehow taking this out of the shadows. That won't work. That won't work. We got to keep it on. No, we got to have stricter laws. We got to have tougher laws. We got to have, you know, look, I'm not, I want this to work. You know, I don't want this to be things that feel good to say. I want this to actually work. The, the, The person that's fucking forced into this life is not any different by all the pontificating we're doing. You know, nothing changes. And I, once again, let's go to this fucking stat. This isn't me. This isn't my fucking... Let me just pull this out of my fucking ass. You know? Um, there are over 10 million... It's estimated. It's just women. Over 10 million women worldwide. It's 180 billion is the worldwide estimate on just this... This particular aspect of that, of this 10 million, 90% approximately, 90% have pimps. This is what our laws have created. So if the laws are truly, if what we're truly trying to do is end of practice that's not going to happen so no we're trying to help the victims well that's certainly not happening in fact that's getting worse so you know i believe and it shouldn't be some fucking study but i don't have all the answers so what i say i don't think should be done there should be you know 
some sort of, I hate to say committee, I'll say cross-functional team with a charter, the whole bit. But we we need some proposals on this that aren't more laws fucking, I, I just, that's just where I'm at. And I'm, I'm with it. I wouldn't want to, li- look, I wouldn't want to spend a bunch of money, right? A bunch of money or money to, to, to buy a house and then right outside my door there's drug dealing and prostitution. I get it. I've been there, you know. But creating more laws, it's not going to make those things go away. You know, I wish, I wish it would. You know, there's a lot of things I wish would work, but they, it doesn't work. Okay? Um, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to get into morality, right or wrong. I just want to get in what's effective. All right? We're just going to be results-oriented. We're going to look at this as if it, without passion or prejudice. Is this effective? Is this, is this producing the results? Well, geez, from a pure dollars and cents, Fourteen billion a year, estimated in the United States prostitution trades. Fourteen billion a year. Once again, this is the underground economy, and what I mean by underground economy, which means there's no reporting to the fucking IRS what you're making, right? Um, obviously, they can probably try to pull some kind of tax evasion shit. But what I'm saying is. The, the government, which is really concerned about how much money they get, the government's no different than a large church with tithing revenue, tax revenue or tithes. They're trying to make us feel happy about tithing. And look, you're tithing dollars at work. Well, you can get more tithing dollars by doing what I think is the right thing. And I'm not saying a free-for-all. It's got to be regulated and stuff like that. And people that don't fall within the regulations, you bust, just like with weed. Right? I'm not saying it's perfect, but I think I think decriminalizing hopefully we'll fucking have sack to fucking just make it legal, start having clear fucking legal language with this. But I would argue that it's much better. I believe it's a much better world where somebody with fucking five you know, half an ounce is not gonna get thrown in jail for fucking ten years, right? I think that's that's probably in all of our best interests, right? That we don't do this anymore. And I just, I just think our, our, our laws are ridiculous. Um, and I, I, in this area, and I don't think that they have the intended consequences. And, but that's my opinion. But I also want to get the perspective of people that are in it, why they're in it, what they go through, what it's like, their daily life, you know, what their safety issue are, where they're living, how they're living, how often they have to move, you know, what do they, do they have a bank account? Just all kinds of different questions, right? From their perspective. Yeah. So that's my opinion. And, you know, it didn't even, it didn't even, I wasn't even fucking wanting to bring it up until I went on this photo shoot last night and I saw all this stuff going on. It was all sad. You know, it's fucking freezing outside. It was negative ball sack, right? It was fucking cold, man. It was like, I, you know, it's like what happened to global warming cold. Let's bring back that. Um, but it was cold. And this shit was going on. On and on and on and on. And uh, all of it, at least to my estimation, my visual, was been... You had these fucking low-level pimps everywhere, man. Everywhere. Dealing drugs and pimping. I went to a convenience store. The fucking convenience stores have fucking security. 
now. Um, I'm sure they've, they've got this in other locales, but it was interesting to see it in this area because, you know, during the day, it's like, you know, Olive Garden. It's, it's you know, homogenized America. It's your Olive Garden. Your stri- it's your typical American strip mall area, right? Your anchor of shopping, you know, with all your little, your grocery, all the shit, you know, right there in this common area of Pueblo, man. Sunsets, it's fucking game on. The sunsets, it's fucking game on. And, um... So it was, uh, it was eye-opening again. You know, I've always had this opinion. But then I had a wild hair up my ass. And I, um, as I was shooting and I got propositioned, I said, hey, I'm not interested, but I do a podcast, man. And uh, I would love to fucking talk to you. And, you know, here's me. Here's my podcast. Vet me. Make sure you're cool with it. Uh, you know, I'm not going to have you on it until I have you sign a release. And, I, I, you know, you won't be on camera. It'll just be your voice. I'll conceal your identity, all these fucking things. But I think your story needs to get out there. And uh, got two messages this morning that they're interested. So we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. One step at a time. One step at a time. Anyway, that's our little morning fucking observation. On this day in history, it was the day that the uh, the fucking first balloon flew over the English Channel and we talked about sex trafficking. But it's a real fucking problem. And people are getting really fucking exploited. And, you know, and I just don't think the laws are doing anything to fucking change any of that. And like I said, get, get rid of your morality. I mean, you know, it, it's... We're all people, man. You know, and we all do stuff. And... It, you know, even the, 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 the most righteous have had run-ins with things that they say that they're, they're against. So let's, you know, kind of step out of our fucking high horse, man. And, and in my opinion. And, and uh, you know, just kind of acknowledge some, some fucking realities. People like the fuck. Reality number one. People like the fuck. Um, people like the fuck so much that they'll pay for fucking. And I would argue, in today's world, that's going to be more and more, hey, I don't have, you know, I, I, you know, where's my Amazon Prime, my Prime delivery of this? It's so transactional. It's disgusting to me that it's, it's transactional this way, but it is. Um, not the sex part of it, the, tra- the sexualizing, the transaction. If you do this act, I will give you. That's not voluntarily. You know, that's not, you know, to me, it's like coerced, you know. Um, everybody's different. Everybody's different. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But these things are not going to go away. They're not. They're going to remain. And uh, I just think it's time, man. It's time to open our eyes and do something. But, man, I mean, fucking Pueblo could, you know, you know how, how, how different Pueblo would be um, at night. If some of these laws weren't on the books, you know, and I know it's counterintuitive, you know, but see what the, I'm not proposing the wild, wild west here. Right. Much like let's look at alcohol. Alcohol's legal, but it's regulated. There's liquor stores. It's that, 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 right. And theoretically, you know, if you do something fucked up with alcohol, you're going to get busted. Right. You know, we don't hear about that much, but it happens. People selling liquor without a liquor license, liquor stores that are selling to minors, not checking IDs, um, bars that stay open past closing time, 
bars. I mean, there's there's rules, there's regulations. But think about we we made we made booze illegal at one time. Prohibition. What did that do? That fucking strengthened Capone, the mafia. The mafia got really strong. Kennedy family got really strong. Running booze for the mafia. Um, you know, so that's what that did. That created that created a stronger um, organized crime. And so, like I said, it's just just an opinion. Okay, I think some calls were coming in. Sorry, I. Uh, so if there are, please I don't. Please try again. I apologize. I'm ready. If anybody wants to call the show, I can certainly take calls, man. Okay, here's a call. Boom. And audio. Good morning. Hang on. We're dealing with a... Okay. Technical problem. I'm not going to troubleshoot it. Um, looks like this pod beams. If you guys are having problems trying to call in with pod beam, trust me, it's not me. Uh, Spicoli, I think that was you that tried to call in. And Okay, he's connected. What's up, Spicoli? Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Look, they had a fucking horrendous... Just a del- What's going on, buddy? Oh, not man. I heard you talking about the the prostitutes and everything, and uh, what the the ladies that that you spoke to mm-hmm. that had the pimps and shit. Yeah, the the the, the strung out pimps. Yeah, were were they were they good looking or no. were they like the toothless? I, I'm not trying to no. demean. Let me you know, let me, let me downgrade put it, them. No, let me put it to. It was hard to tell. Were because, they dirty? Well, let me put it to you this way. It was hard to tell because, you know, they, they, you know, they, they, they weren't, you know, how do I put it? They, they looked like they were on drugs themselves, you know, dirty clothes. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. That's the way it was. That's what would come in, man. And we would call it the hoe train. Mm Mm-hmm. And they they stunk, and you know you didn't want to touch them, you know when when you had to book them in and shit. It's like, oh my god, this is fucking disgusting. I don't know how people would pay these people to fuck them. How desperate can you be? Well, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I in my I'm going to take all that out. It's going to happen. You know, it's like. The whys are going to, the why people do this is going to be varied, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I know that part. I, yeah. It, it, yeah, like you said, I mean, people like to fuck. Yeah, and, and I just think there might be a way to, you know, take it off the streets, but, you know. I, I mean, seriously. I mean, and I keep going to, you know, there, there are people that go into this by choice, that go to become an escort by choice, right? And they're, they're their own business or... And they, and they do fine, you know, but they're still breaking the law. Um, at one time, you know, at least in Oklahoma, that's different, though. It, it, well, it, that's it's different than being a street prostitute, an it, escort. It, it, it is, but what I'm, it's still quote illegal, though, is what I'm saying. True. And, and the cops still fuck with them, and and they are also having to do weird things because it's illegal. And but those are that's that's. That's one side of the equation. I just, I just, you know, like I said, I'm not. It's not a morality thing. It's not like, and, and, no, you no. know, it's like it's. I just, you know, it's. I just don't think our laws are are, are helping. You know what I mean? I, this is everywhere, and Oklahoma City had this area that was pretty renowned for it, 
And and you can look this guy up. It's called John TV. Now, I really didn't appreciate what this guy did because I think he did more damage. But he would go around filming people. You know, in you know, guy, you know, a guy would pick up a street walker and they drive off in the car somewhere, and he'd follow the car and come right up with the camera, going, "You're busted, buddy." You know, that was this guy's thing, right? Turns what out, well, it turns out this guy had his own fucking set of problems too, you know. And so, um, but it, it's just, it, it, you know, that that's not helping. That that didn't stop anything. You, you know, and and I get it. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't want this out my front door, but creating more laws is not going to prevent that from being out my front door. You, you know what I mean? Like if I lived in an area where this mm-hmm. was going on, oh, I got an idea. We'll create more laws. It's still going to go on. It, and and it, so it, it, true. And so, how do you it do it, it in a way? If you make it legal, well, that's I, what I say. I yeah. think they, the, the, that was the other point I was going to bring up. If you make it legal, that, make drugs legal, I think that they, they keep all this shit on the books to employ the fucking government agencies. Well, like I said, there are, you know, I think that's it, my, that's yeah, my no, opinion. You're, you're, it becomes unintentional, but it, I, I make the argument with some of the things that DEA does, some of the things the prison industry does. There's like, oh, wait a minute. Yes. And, and so now it becomes, you, you become jaded. Are we really doing this as a service or are we really just trying to fucking keep our departments alive? And then the mission starts to change and it starts to go like, hey, man, we got to start showing more bus or we got to do this to show that these, yes. these dollars we're getting is, is, is high profile stuff, right? And I don't right. work in law enforcement and I could be talking out my ass, but I don't think people that work in law enforcement, I, I, you know, I mean, look, I got a problem with pimps, a major problem, right? Um, I have major fucking problems. Yeah, th- those are pieces of shit. They are, man. and that's why I read that stat. And and laws are going to fucking ensure that that fucking that business model remains intact. If you want to go after that business model, in my opinion, you have to empower, uh, to use a, to coin a phrase, and and you also have to like bring out of the shadows all this kind of stuff and there's look there's there's a lot of issues with what i'm talking about it's not like a cookie cutter thing but i just like i said i think it's time to have a not not a committee this thing to death in a five-year study but a real thing with a timeline when result and and get after this because i just think it's it's this high time and like i said i mean it was all over the place in downtown pueblo and um, if anybody's familiar with Pueblo, because um, I'm not, but I was in downtown and then towards the south side where there's a there's a mural there that I couldn't quite get to. I'm going to go to today that was done by it's a huge mural that was done by 40 graffiti artists. And I want to see this thing because there's some amazing wow. fucking graffiti. I mean, I know graffiti's destruction yeah, of yeah. public property, but these are graffiti. These are graffitis that are commissioned like the business is like, cool, go ahead. There's amazing graffiti in Pueblo. I'm a huge fan of graffiti. Um, I'm not a huge fan of, of destruction of public property. So it's one of those double-sided things. But it's, you know, but I wanted to see this. But it was spicoli. It was fucking everywhere, dude. It was everywhere. And it, it, that it, is cool. I loved looking at graffiti, man. Like when the trains ride by. Oh, yeah. I know that they're yeah. not supposed to do it. But I there's some cool, cool, yeah. cool shit on I, there. I, you know? I, I love it, man. And, you know, but the other thing is, now here's the other thing. Look. I'm dry. I'm I'm a 56 year old white guy, middle aged guy, right? Driving around in a newer car, 
in, uh, you know, I stuck out like a sore thumb, right? You know, here I am, you know, and like I said, the cops were like, what the fuck are you doing, buddy? You know what I mean? Kind of thing. <laughs> and I was, like I said, I'm, I'm different. I'm not one of these guys, you know, there are some asshole cops out there and there's some good cops out there. Right. But I'm not one of these guys that wants to turn an encounter with the police into an opportunity to live stream me being an asshole. Like, I'm not going to show you my ID. He, ne he just he asked me a couple right. of questions and I said, hey, and I, I just said I should have recorded this. But I said, hey, I know this looks weird. This is this is me. This is my name. You know, I told him my real name. And I said, I do this podcast yeah. and I'm out here taking pictures. And this is why I take pictures. And here's a couple examples I showed on the phone. The guy was like, wow, this is badass. He's cool. And he goes, look, just be careful. And I said, I will, you know. I mean, yeah. I'm not stupid. Yeah, I, I, I was listening. Yeah. yeah. But I don't want to be yeah, afraid. Yeah, that's all you got to do. People. Be respectful to them. And, and the majority of the time, they'll they'll be respectful right back. Well, I don't now. Tell you, know, you to I, get out of here. Let's say, I, I would argue that if I was a, seriously, and I'm not like trying to like invoke any wokeism here, but, you know, a person of color probably would have had a different fucking thing. Right, because oh, um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. that that that's true. You, but, you may have, but the, I was, it, it, I, don't I was know, profiled man. I've too. I've never been around the fucking country and all that shit. But I was profiled. But there's not pimps down here, I, it, from where I'm at. Now, well, if you go to the big city. Houston, I know there's fucking yeah. pimps and their pieces of shit. Oh, they're horrible. They're the worst. They're the fucking they, worst. They, they were never brought in. Yeah. For, I've never seen anybody brought in for. I don't even know what the fucking charge is called, but pandering, pimping. It's a big can of worms to open up. It is. But it you is. man, go to go to the fucking. You're the guy to go there, man, to the <laughs> the city council, and then go further up to the. Uh, your, your, well, your 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 fucking congressman and everything. You, you're well spoken. Well, we'll see one step at a time, you know, but I, you know, I do, I, like I said, I just think it needs to be looked at and, and, and discussed it, and having this does. podcast has been eye opening talking to, cause you know, I had perceptions of what, what, what a sex worker, you, you know, I had my perceptions and then I, I talked to, I talked to, there was another sex worker I talked to, a trans woman sex worker and she got raped. She, she would get raped. Uh, they all get raped. And it was all horrible what she went through. And and in her life, now, in her instance, she, get this, okay? She had a full-ride scholarship, brilliant kid, goes to a really prestigious school, not like a Harvard, but a really prestigious school. Mm -hmm. Not anybody, and, and she's passable, I guess, or whatever, but not anybody's given her a fair shot in the, in the legitimate world at, at the time. No, you look odd. I'm sorry. It's di it's a little bit different now. We're talking this about ten years ago. Um, not anybody giving her a shot. And I I had her on the podcast. Um, the first year, it was a phone phone one, and it just is like fucking eye opening to me. You know, because it's like, well, I started doing this because I needed to pay rent, and I tr I went to college. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Spicoli? I went to yes. college and I couldn't even get a job as a receptionist. So I turned his. That was her story. Now, in the story of the girl that was 19, she was just like the, the running back metaphor I used. Well, I could make a shitload of money in a very short amount of time, so I'm going to do that. You, you, you know what I mean? And I would argue that because it's illegal, the she. 
she was still being taken advantage of because if it was legal, she she could like actually talk to like financial planners and shit and 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 not have to hide money. You, you know what I'm saying here? And and just yes. maybe do something smarter with your money besides throw it under the bed because if something like this was illegal, I mean illegal, I mean you could maybe even like have financial planning. I'm, I know this sounds crazy, but it's like, look, man, we want to reverse this fucking cycle, okay? And so maybe if somebody some single parent mother or father decides to go into this you know and it's legal but with the right kind of thing that's with it they might be able to like create a life where that this cycle ends and their kids have more options and stuff and and this thing kind of i don't know i mean i realize this is oversimplified that's uh, that's that would be crazy to have a family and the mother that's the mother's job but a lot of these girls and, and ladies and and all that they're fucking strung out, man. And that's well, that, why they that do hap- it. That, yep, they, that, it that, that's the majority drugs. of it. That's the reason why they do it, man. They're fucking I will tell strung you, out. The, the fucking the, the, the drug slinging that was going down was fucking epic. And, you know, I don't yeah. know. I, I'm, I'm going to make the assumption that what's being dealt on the street level is probably meth. I, I would I would think that heroin and is probably not what was being there's I, just, having bought heroin on the street there's a different fucking there's a, a, a different aesthetic to that sure. it's still it's still low level crime and still seedy but it was you know I, I, I this looked a little bit different a, a different drug at play not that heroin's a good drug it's a horrible drug but um <laughs> you, you, you know heroin's much better than meth but no but it was uh, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> You know, look, hey kids, if you're gonna be an addict, don't be, don't, don't, you know, don't be, be a don't high class do meth, addict, man. Yeah. Go to fucking heroin. heroin. Sniff gas and go to heroin, man. Be one of the cool kids. No, but it, yes, Bicoli, yeah. it, it was just, you know, it, but it, I, it's, no, I know what you mean. And what yeah, was a trip? On fucking meth, you can tell, man, the difference of fucking the ones that are geeking and shit. Or I remember it. The, that's when it's when they were on crack and mm-hmm. shit, man. They're all fucking. Oh yeah. Weirded out and. Kind of like on meth, they're all fucking zoom. You're all. Here, here's another thing, and this is really out there. Probably be a lot less o- overdose deaths. Because looking at the data, we'll talk opiates real quick and I'll get off this. If you look at the data, it's not diversion. It's imported stuff that's laced with fentanyl. Even, and fentanyl. I'm, I want to warn people, mm-hmm. there, and I used to use this stuff. It's called Kratom. Okay, and it's out of Indonesia. Mm-hmm. It's a you know if anybody have that. Yeah, it, is that it worth a? Is it worth a fuck? I it tried wor- it. It a works for me. Times. It it's works sitting for me. around in my fucking house. It's because the, the level of pain you and I are in. It's you know it's not, but it it will, it helps. Um, sometimes I find kratom more effective than uh, uh, like an opiate. It just it depends. Everybody's body's different. But the point I was trying to make is they had some issues. Now, in some states, like uh, Tennessee's one, they've outlawed it. The FDA had it on Schedule 1 for about two months at one time, or the DEA put it at Schedule Whoa. 1. Whoa. Yeah, but they was like, fuck you, DEA. Are you looking for something else to do? Because it's really, you know. Um, but there's been cases now where people are buying Kratom on the street, which don't buy Kratom on the street, of all things. On the you, street? You can order that online, guys. You don't have to, I mean. That's it's, where it's, I got yeah. it online. Yeah. And, I but, bought pills and yeah. some powder. You make tea and it tastes yeah. like dog T- shit. Tastes like it's it the worst. It didn't do anything for me. I mean, fuck. Yeah, but it, it you know, Maybe. but there was a guy, 
um, there was a, a senator or congressperson, I forget who, I was listening to the interview, and their, and their son had died from a fentanyl overdose from taking Kratom. So the point I'm trying to make is a lot of these overdoses, if, and we got to look at this. That's but it, street drugs. Well, it, it's because addicts, it's illegal, you, opiate addiction, there's withdrawals, all kinds of things that force that cycle. So mm-hmm. they're on the street, it's illegal, mm-hmm. and you don't really know what you're getting. And But it's not, it's not pills, and it, it, they may be buying pills, but those pills aren't from pharmacies and they're fucking counterfeit stuff, right? And so I'm, what, right. the point I'm trying to make is I, I think even our overdoses, our treatment, a lot of things would be better. It's a, it's a huge issue, and it's, it's, not a, it's not like a either or. There's nuance in it, but I just don't think this hard line that we're taking against it is, is helping— you know, and look, don't I? You know, it, this was all See, over the place, including nice neighborhoods, dude. Because I, on the way, on the way to yeah. like where a lot of these murals are, it reminded me of L.A., where it's like million-dollar homes and fucking drug dealing and street walking right outside the home. So it was everywhere. It was everywhere. You know, everywhere. Because I, I, I mean, at one point where the shit didn't help me anymore, but I had to take it. So I wouldn't get fucking dope sick, man. Yeah, same here. And that game went on for fucking years. Yeah. And it sucked. But that's back when, you know, the the shit you were getting was from the pharmacy. Right. I'm talking years ago. None of this fentanyl shit was even around. I I used to be on a fentanyl patch. Same here, brother. And the the doctor, he he gave me these things. They were fentanyl uh, lollipops. Yep. And, uh, but now the, the, all this bullshit that's coming over from China is is killing the people, which is hurting us that really need it in the long run. Right. Know? So it has all kinds of unintended consequences. People that need this yes. aren't getting it. it the, the addicts it are shouldn't dying. shouldn't be in the statistics. Right. Of people aren't getting treated. ODs. Crime is still going on. And like I said, if there's no simple solution, I'm not for a Seattle autonomous zone by any stretch of the fucking imagination. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think there's a way to, to, to regulate this, to, to, you know, and, and start attacking this thing. And, in, and if, you're, if you're a data driven person, the indicators that one would look at as a measure of success, which would be fucking, you know, overdose deaths and, and other things, assaults and stuff, you start seeing that go down. I, I would argue that you would start seeing that go down. You start seeing violent, low-level street crime go down, low-level assaults go down. I'm not saying they would go away because people are always going to have problems. There's always going to be crime, you know. And um, Correct. But, but some... But some of this crime that's people that don't, you know, think about when you were dope sick and I've been dope sick before. Um, uh, I had, I had the advantage of being dope sick with a job, right? I, I, I was dope sick and I had a job with medical insurance, medical insurance where a doctor said, Hey man, you can take Subutex or Suboxone. It, Fuck these poor people that are fucking strung out and shit. And there's a solution. They want to get off. Well, this I could have gotten on that, but I didn't want that. I wanted no, I get it. I get the, it. The real, you know. I get it. That I, wouldn't have done the trick, I don't think. No, uh, I don't not, think that would have done anything for me. Well, what it for me, what it does is there becomes a. Sorry, guys, we're gonna talk opiate addiction. There becomes a certain yeah. point, <laughs> certain point in the path of opiate addiction, and anybody is, or I'll say tolerance too, because I don't know if I got addicted or it was. I don't know, but I got to the point where I was buying heroin, 
okay? And how I, why I started buying heroin was, well, the, when the doctors cut me off pain medication, this is before my back injury. This was another major injury. I had colon cancer. And so, and I had a lot of, uh, oh, fuck, I dude. had a lot of bowel obstruction. I had like 17 bowel obstruction surgeries in the course of three years. So there was, a, I was in and out of surgery a lot. So it was pain pill pain. So it was basically, I was on pain pills for about three years. Right. And then it's like, okay, you're done. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. And so I bought them on the street. They were, they were too expensive. It was like, you know, $40 for a pill, $20, $40 for a pill. Heroin, oh, oh, heroin what, was much oh, cheaper. What? A, a Percocet, Oxycontin, it depended. I was on, um, at that Fuck, time. Fuck, dude. Yeah. Ours were $5 for, like, hydrocodone. That's the only yeah, thing hydro, you well, get around here. Hydrocodone I wouldn't buy. It, to, to me, it's just like fucking Tylenol. At the time, at the time, at the time. But anyway, but yeah, that's well, what I, led me I into it. I was eating it. a shitload of them. But, that, but now, and no, see, knowing about Suboxone, and if anybody doesn't know what Suboxone is or Subutex is, it's a drug they give you. It's an opiate, Agnox or whatever. It, it'll bind to your opiate receptor, so it will stop the withdrawals. It has some opiate qualities, so there's some pain-killing qualities like the opiates do, but you don't feel euphoria. And in the case of Suboxone, they've got a chemical in there called Nalexalone or some bullshit. It's buprenorphine yeah. and Nalexone, and that will block, like, if you go take fucking stuff from getting high, theoretically, okay? And so, um, but... You know, those are those are godsends. And so when I went through my back thing, knowing that there's no way, you know, I had my previous problems with opiates. And I was like, fuck. So luckily, my, you know, I was open with Brian, the doctor that I'll have on the show. And I said, this is my background. He goes, no problem, dude. But, you know, I'll get you through this. And he got me through it. And then when the time came, we just dropped in Suboxone and it was no pain, you know, coming off it and everything. You, you know what I'm saying? So it just... Uh, but I, I would argue easy, you, you were, it was easy for you to wean off of the, the opiates it, very much so and the heroin and, and, and so on. And, and it's, you, it's hard to, it's hard to explain to people. But when somebody is and I'm not making excuses for anybody's behavior, but I'm saying let's all be a human because I, I've seen opiate addicts like um, when it comes time to get their the pharmacist is fucking them with them on the suboxone like, well, you can't fill till tomorrow. Or some shit, right? Yeah. This is Suboxone. Yeah. Or, well, wait a minute. There's a the, the medication's not here. We'll have to order. It'll be here next week. And the person flips. Well, it's literally, it's that person is doing everything they can to try to keep from oh, fucking man. relapsing. And the demons are fucking strong with this shit, with the withdrawals. I don't care how disciplined you the person you are. You go shit, man. Your mind goes into where can I find this? And you start dialing every fucking... Dude drug yeah. dealer or I did every drug dealer I know who sold pills and oh, or right. I don't know what they sold else but I knew they sold pills and like I said the addicts that I ran across were doctors lawyers I mean you know I, I mentioned that fucking fu that 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 uh, uh, fucking animal doctor why is it not come what vet, vet, whatever it's called I can't believe I can't come to me but this guy had a, a veterinarian he was a veterinarian and he was ordering pain meds, and some of the same pain meds you can give animals you, they're for people, too. And the fucking DEA shut him down. They're like, how many elephants are you treating? I mean, he was ordering fucking massive amounts <laughs> of fucking, you know, to treat his fucking shit. But these, you know, it's not like, um, 
It's he, not funny either. It touches, I, no, I no, it is. Laugh, it is. No, it is I, funny. He'd I laugh at it, it too. We, it, you got to. You have to. I mean, that's the other thing. You bring up. You have to. You know, we have to laugh at our right. past stupidity, dude. It just no. It's how you get through it. You know, like the things I yes. did aren't funny, and I laugh about them. That's just that's just psychology. Anyway, dude, how are you doing? Um, I, I had a rough night, man. I don't know if I ate something or what it was, but I'm I'm good. I'm all, right, all right, buddy. Well, thanks for calling in, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it, it was a crazy discussion. Went from I didn't mean to bounce off the wall. Hey, dude, it's perfect. That that's, what, that's why we did the, the show is unplanned. But thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it, dude. You got it. All right. All right well, you was, take care, bro. All right, man. That was I'll hang call. myself up, man. Okay. Don't that, worry about it. Don't all right. fuck with it. Okay. That was <laughs> Spic- that, all right. That was Spicoli calling in, man. Anybody else wants to call in, has a take on this topic, I'd love to hear it, man. And look, I could be wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. This these are just perspective views, man. But okay, now we're off the we're off the tough stuff. Speaking of reality, what 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 other real fucking things are out there that we're on the wrong path that are non fucking political? Well, gee whiz. I mean, I, I'd be curious. Let me see what we got for comments here. Um, okay, another void.fyi. I love the spam that I get on YouTube. Spicoli first needed perks when the farrier took too much off his hooves. Uh, Troncat says, a little weird like that with mushrooms, but I don't fiend for it. Um, another comment for Tron. Let those people OD if they're stupid enough to do it. Troncat, I respectively disagree with you. I Actually, I'll say this, and this is with peace and love. I think your comment is, is that's, that's what, that's, that comment probably feels good to say. Let people OD if that's what they're going to want to do. And I understand that comment. And this is not, I'm not attacking the comment or you as a person. My argument to that comment would be that attitude's not going to have any results. It'll just perpetuate more of the same. I'm t- I want to talk about how we have results, not, not statements that make us feel good. And, and I, I would argue that just let them fucking die or if they OD, and I know that's not what you meant, but those kind of attitudes, or fuck them, throw them in jail, or fuck them, they're scumbags. I get it. Trust me. I grew up around this. I get it. But it's not going to change anything. That attitude, you're still going to have this thing go on. So I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is maybe it's time to just look at it a little bit differently. And it, like I said, open the debate, man. Open the debate. Uh Oh, yeah, exactly, dude. See, I, I figured, thank you, Troncat. Clarification from Tron. I'm not saying that. I want them to kill him, said, but if you can't get off something that's bad for you, you can't find a way for, yeah, yeah. In the end, the results are what they deserve. I know, I, I disagree, dude. Maybe I'm misinterpreting you. I don't think somebody fucking ODing is what they deserve. I just don't. We're going we're gonna to respectfully disagree and discontinue because if I continue this discourse with you, I'll get rude, and I don't want to do that because I, I'm going to say it's going to sound rude. I, I find what you're saying is to be completely fucking ineffective um, it, it, with peace and love. But I would argue that that's a great attitude to have, but it's just, like I said, I, no, no offense. I'm not going to— um, uh, pop, 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 pop. Okay, so anyway, back to uh, the world, man. Here we are. Fucking, did, did I miss foot? Do we have a football game this weekend? I, I believe the national championship game's coming up. College football. It's going to be, for me, it's going to be real interesting. 
now that college uh, football players rightfully can like market themselves and get paid for their you know trademarks and all this stuff, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with football recruiting and stuff like that. But that's all I have to say about that. Let's go to the news real quick. See if we have something besides things that are going to fucking... Okay. Oh, my God. Breaking news, everybody. Sidney Poitier, Oscar-winning actor and Hollywood first black movie star, dies at 94. Let me pull up the article. Uh... Sidney Portier, whose elegant bearing and principled on-screen characters made him Hollywood's first black movie star and the first black man to win the Best Astor Actor, has died. Um, let me see if they have any more. That's, wow. You know, this is, uh, I, I think I'm, get, I'm getting to the age now where, like, people I grew up with, are, you know, are passing. But this is, you know, 94. I didn't know he was that old. There's an article about um, nearly half of employed Americans. Oh, God, I don't want to bring this up. Nearly half of employed Americans work under vaccine mandates or want one, a recent polling shows. Okay, now, I'm going to take the press on. I'm not, this is another example of... Okay, Nearly half of... Okay, uh, let's go through the logic of this statement. By the way, here's the disclaimer. I'm vaccinated. I have a booster. I wear a mask. I believe that that COVID's real. I, I've seen it kill people. Do I believe there could be some hysteria with it? Yes. But having said that, I believe it's real. Okay? I don't believe it's, it's, it's something that Microsoft started or the drug companies started so they can get profits. I don't live in that world. Okay? So that's my disclaimer before I read this and, and say what I've got to say. The, the headline says, Nearly half of employed Americans work under vaccine mandates or want one, recent polling shows. Well, that means that over half don't want one. You see what I'm saying? Here's the logic. If nearly half, that means it's less than half, right? Nearly half implies it's less than half. So less than half, less than 50% of America, according to this update, they're, they're, you know, what they're trying to say is they're trying to perpetuate, man, everybody wants this. But if you read this, it says nearly half, not quite 50%, under 50%. It's a different way to write this article. Here's a different headline. Less than 50% or, or greater than 50% of employed workers don't want mandates. That's, that's just as true as this statement. Okay. This is why... The press has a responsibility in what is going on is because they have an every fucking damn news network has an agenda that they're coming from. And it all involves sticking to a fucking narrative. It, well, I just I'm like I said, I'm not an anti-vaxxer whatsoever, but this is like this perpetuates. This is this is a deceptive headline, in my opinion. And this is CNN in full disclosure. This is a deceptive headline. Last night, what the news networks did was they, they reported on what the other news networks were saying. That was the news. That, the news last night, guys, was the news talking about what other news networks. Darius, what's going on in Ukraine? I don't know because CNN was too busy saying what Fox was doing. Fox was too busy saying what CNN was doing. ABC and MSNBC, they're all doing the same. They're all pointing a finger at one another. Oh, look how outrageous they are and how fucking righteous we are. CNN is no different than Fox with headlines like this. 
no different. You know, and I'm not at, look, the, I'm, at, I'm trying to advocate at scale at a, as an old man who can't get involved. Let's, you know, journalism shouldn't be what we want to hear, framed as we want what we want to hear. It just should be the facts. And I think we all are fucking longing for what's a straight fucking thing, right? And to me, this is manipulation. This is pure manipulation. That's, that's my take. Um, but see, here's the, here's the other dynamic in this world we live in. All right. If I, now I'm like, oh, you're an asshole. You're not in the, this camp, that camp. No, I'm just stating the fucking obvious what, what they've done with this article. It doesn't mean I'm in anybody's fucking camp, but I'm just calling out what I see as bullshit. And, and that particular headline is deceptive and bullshit. And I think CNN is just as bad, is just as bad as uh, the, the things that Fox does. Just as. And if you love Fox News, I'm not here. It's not about that. I'm just, I'm getting back to, it's not, let's get, for, forget about who does it. This is, this is an example of bad journalism. Let's take the network out. I think next week we'll do fucking uh, a podcast on examples of clickbait fucking headlines and deceptive journalism where you're getting a soundbite, but you're not getting the lead up to the soundbite, what was said over the soundbite. You know, you're getting a guy that says, man, this is a beautiful day. The sun is out. Normally, I would think like I would want to stay in and shoot heroin, but today's such a beautiful day. And then the headline would be, Will Dick says he's going to stay in and shoot heroin all day. You, you know, that kind of thing. And that, that's what happens all the time. It's an appeal. <clears throat> Good examples of legitimate journalism. Just old school guy that just hears some fucking facts. Now, the stories may be of no interest to anybody, but I'll say it again. Len, Lynn Kenneth Packer. Google it. Um, the, the, the stuff he covers may not be to your liking. He has a tendency. He's re, he, he, he does, I think he's a, like me, but with, with skills. I fucking hate grifters. I hate con people. I hate cons. I hate people trying to run a fucking hustle it just it fucking bothers me to no end and um i i and it's something i need to work on because i lose patience with somebody that tries to run a hustle and i and i need to be better at that I, but i i completely lose patience and um he's he just exposes fucking hucksters man and it's like people you haven't heard of but <clears throat> a lot of the underground railroad um, which is the nonprofit that 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 claims that there's a major child human trafficking ring going on with millions and millions in this country. And it, by the way, this is a real issue, okay? But when when you when you're an underground railroad and you do this shit, it takes away from the real issue because his it, 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 anyway, Lynn Packer does a lot of fucking uh, investigative journalism on these guys and blows them out of the water. You know, and they're they are actually this organization is actually under a criminal investigation right now um, from the Davis County District Attorney's Office for a, a whole host myriad of fucking things. So I really like uh, uh, Lynn Packer. I, I think, you know, it, I've never met the guy. It's like it, it would be a thrill. I, I, I want to wait till after my back surgery, but I want to have him on because I just think he's just fucking fascinating, man. And I think he'd come on because he's just like, he's like, dude, I don't give a shit. He's retired. He just likes getting the truth out there. 
and he worked for um, his history was I mean he was a legit journalist news network in Salt Lake you know retired from that so he's he's he taught journalism at college I don't know anything about journalism I'm a consumer of journalism so as a consumer the product has been very substandard and um, my my opinions are is we've all landed in a spot in life to, and, and all of our industries are pretty much the same they're so fucking data driven which is a good thing I mean d data is a good thing because you know what's measurable right it's like at management 101 you know if it's not measurable then you don't have a goal if you can't apply a measurement to it okay now this is boring business shit but you don't want to say okay uh, I, I want us to work better well, how, how are you going to fucking measure that success, right? You know, and, and it's lame, but that's how you become effective, all right, so, and, and get better at results. But you have, a, you have a metric, an indicator, a data point, whatever you want to call it, that's that measure of success going, okay, so how are we going to, what measurement are we going to use that says productive, productivity is better? And it depends on the organization. My point being, is is having a metric that you're going after uh, is is a little bit better. But getting back to this, so they're all data driven. So one of the things they're looking, and it's really you, it's really refined to where a lot of these places, and even us is just schmucks, right? Just just normal people. Like if I like on Podbean, for example, they have a dashboard that shows me what time you know. And if I really gave a shit, I could probably determine what are the best times to do what kind of content to get the most kind of views and stuff like that, and all that kind of stuff. Well, a news network is a media company, right? So forget about their product. They're a media company. So their financial revenue stream is based off of people consuming their media. So the, the, the problem is in something like the news that the true news may be something that doesn't get a lot of views because it's not enticing to what people want to read and da-da-da-da-da. So they're in competition with that. They're in competition with Facebook. The, you know, I will argue, do I think Facebook and Twitter are fucking corrupt businesses? Yes. Do I think that they fucking do things to fucking game us and manipulate us so we stay online? Fuck yeah. You bet. You bet I do. Um, but I, I don't like the media's high horse that they get on because they're no fucking different, dude. They're no fucking different. They're just the stab. They're they're just the country club that's been doing this for years. They're not the city golf course. They're the fucking country club golf course where golf is done, where gaslighting and lying to the public is done properly with a dress code. You're not fucking Joe Sixpack on a city fucking golf course doing it. Anybody can compete against the media now. Truth is still truth. You know, um, my prediction for 2022 and beyond is we're gonna have a we're gonna all of us are gonna fall in love with truth again. You know, however unpleasant, we're going to fall in love with it. But I would argue that the media is no different. And But a lot of this stuff, what Facebook does that face, but consider who's making the arguments. It's their competitor. You know, the news has turned into competitors pointing out the faults of their other competitors. You know, I really don't want to go on in the news and have, a, you know, and go like, look, 
this this other news network a bunch of poopy pants. That's not I, I I don't give a fuck about you fucking elitists and your fucking problems. What happened in the world today factually, not with fucking headlines that are fucking deceptive. You know, like I said, I argue as a person that would like to see people embrace getting vaccinated in science. Um, I argue that arguing, regulating, yelling, and all these things are going to have a direct opposite effect. Okay. And so I would prefer to use facts, but how, you know, it becomes very fucking hard when everybody is playing fucking games with this thing. Everybody is playing games with this thing. So it fuels the argument of, of folks wanting to be resistant to things. I, you know, instead of getting, I, I'm not upset with the end. I wish they would. I, I, I would. T- you put me at risk. I think, and that's selfish of me, by 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 doing some of the things. You put me at risk. You, uh, you know, I've seen people die from this, but you're putting my back surgery at risk. If the fucking Denver hospital gets overcrowded with fucking Omicron, and I can't have this fucking spinal surgery, you know, that I'm literally dying from, I'm I'm it's be tough. But am I am I going to be effective yelling and throwing fits and having mandates and stuff, you know? Um, you know, I don't know because, you know, the United States guys, we, we've covered this legal territory before. I'm surprised nobody, maybe somebody has our rights to pursue life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness. We have that, but in our pursuit of that, we can't trump or interfere with somebody else's now smoking. We all have a, you know, you can smoke, but you have these laws now where you can't smoke here, can't smoke there. Why is that? Well, because your right to smoke doesn't fucking, you know, negate my right to not want to get fucking lung cancer when I go out to eat, right? For example, all right? Or just get inundated with fucking smoke. And in my case, the shit makes me fucking sick, you know? And so, and I could smell it, and it just, it just... Everybody, I wish it didn't. I wish I could be tougher around it, but it's just the older I get, the more I can't tolerate. But um, same thing with these things. But it, like I said, it's tough. But once again, articles like nearly half. Just just read what the read what that headline's saying, and go what the opposite of that headline's saying. Nearly half of employed Americans work under vaccine mandate or want one. Recent polling. So. More than 50% don't want, don't work under a mandate and don't want one. Okay, that's the same headline. But, but that, that headline I just fucking said gets a different reaction than this other headline. So I bet you the same data is going to be on another network presented the same way. How about not fucking doing these clickbait fucking labels and having a, having a headline data uh, you know, vaccine-related, just fucking neutral, out opinions. Stop the eye-rolling. Stop the pontificating, the talking headism. And the reality is, let's look at metrics. Wh- who is consuming media? Uh, Joe Rogan's podcast is light years ahead of the number two, which I think is Tucker Carlson. I think is number two. Okay? Followed by... Um, I forgot her name. It, the the woman on MSNBC. It'll come to me. Um, but and it's it's fucking not even close. You know, not even close. Um, does Rogan say crazy shit? Yeah. Does Rogan have crazy views? Yeah, we all do. But what I respect about Rogan's podcast, or I haven't seen it since he's made the move to Spotify. But why I used to go to it on YouTube 
was I, I thought, well, you know, he's going to have different people on there. And he's going to ask questions, and they're going to state their case. You don't have to agree, but you're getting to hear uh, different perspectives of things, you, you know. And that is fucking refreshing to me. Is and, and and the guests he's brought on, and it's just it is nice to hear refreshing perspectives. And I think people are I think people are tired of bullshit. They can sense when they're fucking being lied to. That's why, you know, some guy having a rubber chicken, you know, fuck on YouTube is going to have way bigger fucking thing than some fucking news network just spewing out, quote, facts. Because people know, oh, that's bullshit. At least the rubber chicken guy, we know what this guy's about. By the way, it's a funny channel. I'll get the link for you later. Um, uh, almost 15 years we did. Okay, so how did, did, how did we get to this? How did my fucking peace and love podcast get to talking about the media today? I don't know, but that's what it did. Um, okay, so we got the weekend coming up, man, which leads me to movies. We're all over the place. I'm going to reacquaint myself with, I think, some of the greats, and I'll tell you what they are. For me, I'm in the midst of creating a puppet show with the puppet character Spanky based off the movie Taxi Driver, Martin Scorsese film. So my big plan tonight is to smoke a lot of weed and watch Taxi Driver. And then, and, and then there's another Martin Scorsese flick that I highly recommend that people watch. It's called Mean Streets. If you haven't watched it, it's one of his first. It's got early De Niro in it. This is before, look, Robert De Niro's a great actor. His, you know, and I realize some people are turned off to Robert De Niro because he's in political space. Uh, I'm turned off when any politician does it. Uh, not polit. Well, any any celebrity does this. Uh, Eric Clapton now is going through shit. There was a there was a guitar. Let me see if I can find this. Okay, hold on. This this will blow your mind. Uh, uh, pirating. All right. Okay, here we go. Eric Clapton. Now this story has since been updated, but originally it was something like this. Yeah, fucking accept. Okay. Eric Clapton sues woman over 9.75 euros winch trial and says she has to pay 3,400 euros. So, um, basically, let me go, okay. Eric Clapton isn't willing to accept the piracy of his work. I'm, I agree. I, I, I'll tell you, you know, I, I, I like... I want to see artists get paid for their work. So I agree. One, I fucking don't like piracy either. You know, I think it robs us of really great art. You know, uh, if people can't make a living creating great art for us, they're not going to create great art. We're going to be an artless society. So anyway, Eric Clapton isn't willing to accept the piracy of his work, and the Brit has just won a court case against a German woman. All right, so basically, I'm trying to find, okay... The woman sold a copy of a CD of one of his concerts for the equivalent of 9.75 euros. Um, I'm trying to find the details. Basically, she had a CD. I'm going to be high level, and I'm probably wrong because I don't have time to wade through paragraphs of minutia. But basically, this woman sold something on eBay. It was an Eric Clapton CD. She didn't know it was bootlegged because she had bought it somewhere else. And Clapton sues her, and the fine was like astronomical. And, and it was really just kind of one of those things like, geez whiz, I mean, this, what are you doing here, Clapton? I think he's since pulled back, but, you know, Clapton has inserted himself into this national debate of things. 
Um, and so, you know, it, it's tough. I, I just think when, uh, when, when folks start making the move over there, it kind of, dem- it, it marginalizes them because it's going to be, you've now fucking ensured that some people are just going to hate you just because you think differently than them. Anyway, Mean Streets. 1973 American crime drama directed by Martin Scorsese. The film stars Harvey Keitel, Robert De Niro. Sorry about the dogs. It was released, Warner Brothers, October 2nd, 1973. Um, real quick plot synopsis. Charlie, a young Italian-American man in New York's Little Italy, is hampered by his feelings of responsibility towards his reckless younger friend Johnny Boy, who's De Niro, a small-time gambler and near-do-well who refuses to work and owes money to many loan sharks. Great fucking flick. Mean Streets. Um, like I said, very early uh, Scorsese film. So that going to try to watch that this weekend. So here we are, guys. We've talked about a gamut of issues. We're an hour and a half into our wonderful show. It is 10.30 in the morning here on... Um, on uh in colorado i got distracted by the youtube comments i've got i I get spam comments in the chat on youtube and it always blows me away when i read them because i'm like wow man i have no idea what you're saying but i'm sure it's a website shout out clayton flick says he agrees boom there's clayton flick thank you clayton flick he agrees i don't know what you agree on but thank you clayton and this is like i said i'm pretty sure i'm promoting something but here's a comment i got from youtube Vast.tech is one of them. And here's my favorite, void.fyi. Thank you guys on YouTube. Whoever, whatever bot you are, I appreciate it. All right. Getting to Podbeam. Okay. Peace and love. Uh, anyway. Okay. So, <sighs> I haven't smoked weed yet. How many? I haven't waked and baked. Well, I don't do that often. I should, but um, I'm actually doing, I'm trying to gather some pain patterns, so I wait towards the end of the day. Um, ketamine, hopefully, hopefully. Um, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, because don't get me wrong, it's fun, it's great, but, you know, back-to-back ketamine trips, not fun, not great, you know. Uh, my head feels nice and clear today. Um, but there are some blank spots in it. And, and what I mean, it's clear in a good way, but it makes pod, it's podcasting is a little different in that my ability to just ad lib is a little bit impacted in that because my mind has been stripped away of fucking all bullshit. So now it's like, fuck, I, I have nothing. I, all the bullshit's been removed from my head. I don't have anything to say because basically all I have to really say is bullshit. Back to the news. But Sidney Portier, real back, um, that that's huge, man. That that's that's uh, you know, Betty White passing away, but get these ages, ninety four. I'm gonna Google life expectancy. I thought it was seventy two. What is life expectancy in the United States right now? This will be depressing. So, okay, right now the CDC's provisional uh, United States, it's down. It was 78.9 in 2019. It's 77.3 in 2020. I would argue that uh, there, was, there were things that impacted that. Um, but in 2021, life expectancy is 28.99 years. I'm 56. I, I, 
I'm 56 and I'm not going to fucking sit here and do the math, right? Don't anybody sit there and don't do your age and do the math. <laughs> You're right. No more ketamine, more bullshit. But these are, you know, it's funny when they go, you're a middle-aged guy. Really? Am I going to live to 112? I'm not middle-aged, guys. You know, this is called the downhill slide. Middle age is like 35, right? Maybe 40. Maybe 40 is middle age with 78. But certainly 56, I, I would argue, is not middle age, you know? But I'll fucking take it. I, I'm not looking to fucking go. I don't know if I want to live. Look, I'll be honest with you. I, I You know, I, I don't think I'd want to be around till I'm 100. I don't know. I don't want to go now. It's despite all this fucking pain. I still want to, I still want to fucking be here. You know what I mean? I don't want to fucking leave this. It's too, it's too much fun. Even even with all the fucking craziness going on. Fuck, the craziness is educational. It's, you know, I don't know. It's, it's nice. It's nice to have time. It's a privilege. It's a luxury. It's all those things. Um, not being a part of the world sucks, you know, and all the things that I've talked about suck, but it's really nice having an opportunity to, to get caught up on on non-work-related things. I mean, I so narrowly focused on a certain things for so long. And even my free time was consumed of thoughts of how I can climb into middle management and all those kind of wonderful things, right? Um, so having this time to, to, to reflect is great. And there's, I mean, I got to tell you, I... I'm really, I'm trying not to oversell here, but I, one of the, I'm so, I'm, look, I want to be out of pain, but the other reason is I want to have, I want to go back to the roots of this podcast, but in order to do that, I got to be able to get out the house, but man, I can get fixed up here, man, this summer, we're going to go to fucking Utah, dude, we're going to go to that fucking, that, that skinwalker fucking ranch, man, you know? Um, uninvited, obviously, but we're going to go to Area Fit, all these crazy parts of the fucking world, man. Go to, you know, give me a crazy, somebody, let me see if anybody's got a comment, man. You know, what, life expectancy? <laughs> um, life expectancy is how long you expect to live. Um, but, you know, where, where are the really crazy parts of the, you know, of, you know, for, I'm not going to be able to get on a plane and travel. Okay, so my travel for, for a while, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, you know, North America, I, I, you know, and that includes Canada, Mexico, and I've driven in Mexico before, and in fact, uh, before all this fucking happened, you know, one of my fucking things I always thought be badass is, um, you know, doing like a, you know, fucking heading fucking well past the fucking border in deep in the fucking Mexico road trip, right? Always wanted to do that, you know, um, but where are the re where are the fucking gems where fucking insanity reigns? You know, there's Skinwalker Ranch, there's you know Graceland. And I'm a, I'm an Elvis fan, but you know there's a certain there's a certain demographic, right, that shows up at Graceland that makes it a fascinating fucking experience, man. To me, people that legitimately think Elvis is alive or or have he almost has if you if you look at like Elvis has almost taken on like a deity type thing. I wonder if in two, three thousand years from now there'll be scripture, the book of Elvis, and people will read about Elvis, you know, and, and, and somehow his story will be dramatically different. 
than it is now. For those of you that are into historical fucking stuff, there's a um, there's a book I'm reading called Zealot. It is uh, I'll get the author's name here in a second. It is there's several out there. Um, it's the life and times of Jesus of Nazareth. It's by Reza Aslan or a I always say Asian, but Aslan. And it is a it's there's a there's a Bart Ehrman is another biblical scholar that writes really good. And these are these are historical books. These are not um, these are not scripture faith based, you know. But they talk about the times. Um, there's some uh, Bart Bart Ehrman. I'll give you an example. Bart Ehrman. I I, had, I just started Zealot. All right. But Bart Ehrman, um, what he did, he he was a former evangelical. And he's a PhD in whatever, religion, biblical history. He's a biblical scholar and lost his faith while doing biblical scholarship, which is not uncommon for a lot of people. So he lost his faith. But one of the books he wrote is uh, he, he argues that Jesus was a historical figure. However, you know, his, his portrait of Jesus was he was an apocalyptic kind of guy. Um, thought the end of the world was coming any minute now. A totally different picture than what some are led to believe. And so these are really fascinating. So you, you get into the history of the times. Anyway, if you have an open mind, and it, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, recommend anything that's going to shatter somebody's faith or worldview. But these are really, they're, they're books. Doesn't mean they're facts. But um, they're, these are very interesting. That that the history that was going down, history of Islam, all this stuff, how these world fucking thoughts were created, what are the environments, how did they get spun, and they all did. And um, and and then I, I don't want to get into a bunch of biblical scholarship, but, you know, what what there's a lot of a lot of things have been debunked, you know, to to include actual people, you know, like never existing, you know, and so these are these are interesting theories and stuff like that anyway zealot i'll have a book review on it but i'm looking forward to getting into that book that's the geek i'm I'm into geek shit you know i won't i promise i'll try not to bring that to the podcast i try to stay away from biblical scholarship because i don't want fucking i i you know you're going to get two different types of people you're going to get fucking people like yeah fucking everybody fucking believes in this shit's a bunch of assholes and then you're going to get the people that believe, oh, you're a fucking asshole posse He's trying to fucking do nothing but tear down people's faith. So I stay away from it, you know, right now. But I think they're interesting to, to interesting areas to look at. But getting back to this country, right now, here's my list of places I have, and I need to hear more. Um, Graceland. Okay, we all know Graceland, home of Elvis Presley. Nauvoo, Illinois. Nauvoo, Illinois was where the Mormon church was before they made the mass exodus to Utah. There was fucking crazy town going on in Nauvoo. Polygamy like it was going out of style. Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon church, getting so pissed that somebody wrote an article about all the fucking wives he had and how he was lying to the congregation that he had the printing press fucking burned down, right? And then he got arrested for that. And There's different spins on that, but... He got arrested for the equivalent of domestic terrorism, okay, for the Times. I mean, it's a printing press. Think about that. He burnt, you know, he had a printing press burnt down. Anyway, crazy town fucking history. There's old Colorado City where Warren Jeffs hung out, the polygamist. Um, you know, there's this fucking area in Oregon where there's this fucking weirdo, not weirdo, I don't want to say weird, I don't want to judge, but, but, a, but a group, some would say a cult. I want to go to fucking um, 
where uh, the home of Scientology in Florida. Um, where is it? St. Petersburg, I believe. Hold on. And that's a whole fascinating thing. Uh, Clearwater. I want to go to Clearwater, Florida, which is the dynamic that's going on in Clearwater, Florida. Is the Church of Scientology is buying up prime property in downtown Clearwater. Now, this, the, the city would very much wants to revitalize things and use these primetime properties for revenue generating fucking things for the city's tax base and stuff and to help and everybody in the city wants to see something do it it's a badass really cool area scientology owns it and they buy up all this prime real estate and do nothing with it they want to just keep a buffer they don't want people in there yeah you know that fascinates me i want to go to clearwater right i want to fucking see the vibe for myself i've seen what it's on youtube but what else is out there that's interesting for us to look at you know um that would be what's up starseed that would be something i would be very much interested in doing so if anybody has any suggestions please man my buddy uh one of my buddies he's a truck driver here in the states he you know he fucking he's always taking pictures of like the largest ball of twine shit like that i think him and his wife are have he makes truck driving look like it's fun and I'm sure truck driving is fun. Radio Parlous could probably say either way. It's fun like anything else and has its bad things. But in this guy's situation, he's he's older like me. He's an empty nester. So him and his wife, instead of getting an RV and seeing the country, they're doing it in a semi-truck, the same thing. They're, doing, they're having the same experiences. They go see this wild stuff. They're having the time of their fucking life, man. And, I, you know, I, I told the guy, I'd love to see him do just a fucking inst- radio. Should, you should think about doing it. If you don't, if you already have one, I apologize. But anybody that's a truck driver, I think it'd be fascinating. To have an Instagram page or something where there's like, here's this and the things that you see that we don't get the chance to see. You, you know what I mean? I just think it'd be fascinating. You know? Um, so, but what are what are these other crazy gems that we have out there that I don't know about, man? I, oh, radio's out of the game. That's right. That's right. Too much travel. See, that's the downside. And I had a traveling job. So, for for a job like truck driving... Those are jobs where I had a, you know, I had a job where I would leave like January 3rd and I was in a hotel traveling the country the entire fucking year without going home until 1st of December. And I'd I'd have the month of December off and then 11 months out of the year on the road, on the road doing, doing this thing. It was, it sounded great when I was 23. I was like, wow, you mean, so I could save all this money because I'm staying in hotels, I'm getting per diem, da-da-da-da-da. It is a fucking grind, man. It is rough. Traveling jobs are tough. However, I, I think in the case of uh, my buddy that I was just referring to, and his, you know, he's traveling with his wife, and so now I'm at a place in life or if I was physically better, um, that's no, I, I, I've got nothing, I, you know, I'm not in a softball league. You know, I don't think I'd want to live out of a suitcase 24-7. I'm not saying that. But, you know, to be able to travel a little bit, that would be kind of cool, dude, you know. Uh, but, like I said, these are, these are romantic aspirations, you know. I'm not talking about the GPS trackers that are probably shoved up every trucker's butthole and every move tracked and every and all this fucking, you know, this and, and the fact that you got to drive these fucking things. See, that's the... 
you know, I don't think I could fucking handle driving those, you know, it, it would interrupt my fucking getting high time. So where I'm at is, you know, the traveling I got to do can't be as a truck driver because I'm going to want to get high, you know. So I just, but I think it would be fun to get high, you know, where the, the, the biggest ball of twine will, will, you know, Jimi Hendrix grave. I don't know if anybody's interested. I'll, I, I've got a video of Jimmy. It's not very good, but I've got a video of Jimi Hendrix gravesite up on the YouTube channel. I'd like to go back there now and get much better footage. That's a, you know, if you're ever in the Seattle area, that's a really interesting place to see is Jimi Hendrix grave. You go out there. Uh, I forget the name of them. It's like the Chinese, what do they call this? I'll look it up in a second. But it's right there in Seattle. And it's like this monument built to them. And people leave guitar picks, you know, fucking beer. It's, it's just kind of cool little notes to Jimmy and, and stuff like that. And I I am a huge Jimi Hendrix fan. Um, I, I, I find him to be one of one of the, the great innovators for guitar. Now, you know, you, if you look back, yeah, a lot of people can play Hendrix riffs and a lot of Hendrix, and we've, we've evolved as musicians, but he was innovative. That wasn't being done. You know, that was total, radically fucking different. What Hendrix was doing with the guitar when he came out was blowing people's minds. And I, and here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upset people. Clapton. I don't think is that exceptional of a guitar player. Is he good? Yeah. Is he talented? Yeah, of course. But he's a copier. And, and not that good at it. But he's a copier. He can, he, can, he can play things note for note, sort of, kind of. But he's not an innovator. Clapton has not created a different sound. There's not, in my opinion, when you, is there anything that he's done that's different? When you say Clapton's a great guitar, well, what's he known for? Is he known for like tapping like Van Halen? Is he known for fucking some of these other styles? Did he did he did he take the guitar to a different level? Did he show here's something different you can do with this instrument that's never been done before? No, he did just the same. So did Pete Townsend from the Who. Just, what did Pete Townsend? Oh, he broke guitars. But both those guys, when they saw fucking Hendrix performing in England, fucking shit themselves because deep down they realized, and I think even Clapton said it. I think he wanted to go set his fucking guitar on fire. It's like. What am I fucking doing? This guy's not even in our league. And that's why I admire Jimi Hendrix, because he was a true innovator. You know, that just took it to another level. Um, anyway, so if you go to his grave site, it is fascinating. It is fascinating. Um, speaking of Elvis, word of warning. If there's any diehard Elvis fans out there, which there's probably not, but if there's are, there's a graphic novel floating around that for the low price of 99 bucks you can purchase that I will tell you looks like a money grab by the Elvis estate. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to grab some pictures and podcast next week, show this thing off. Man, these drawings look nothing like fucking Elvis. And it's like, you know, I'm like, who fucking approved this? It's la Is this a troll? You know, but it's, it's a money grab. It's a money grab. There's big money in the Elvis estate, you know, limited edition is, ooh, there's a new Elvis plate this year. You know, hey, man, you know, I had an Elvis Pez dispenser. I bought it off eBay. I don't have it anymore. It didn't mean that much to me, but I, you know, I also have um, carpet fibers from Elvis's house in Graceland. As I was, if anybody's ever been to Graceland, there's, I think they call it the jungle room or whatever, but his basement. All right. And if I remember, they were just like this green shaggy type carpet as you walk down the stairs to the basement. Well, I sort of slipped as I was walking down and my hand touched 
the carpet. And as I lifted my hand up, I accidentally pulled up a couple of carpet fibers from Elvis's house, man. So I've got carpet fibers from fucking Graceland. <laughs> it's like religious fucking trinkets, man. It's fucking crazy. Anyway, um, closing in on our two hours. I wish we could do more. I can't wait to have guests. I'm going to work very hard. I'm going to do everything I can with what I'm at uh, to bring on very, very interesting, different, and unique people um, that, that we don't get a chance to hear. But same thing, it's a balancing act. Like I said, I, I don't know yet. We're going to see what happens with who I'm talking to here. Um, but my intent... You, you know, I, I, I'm, I, you know, so I don't want to disappoint anybody. So if you're looking for, you know, you know, fucking scintillating details and shit like that, I mean, you know, I'm not looking for that. I'm like, I have a different interest of why I be, I have them on, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. With that said, let's do one last check of the news. Let's see if we got a feel good story. Like fucking world peace broke out. Um. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I gotta read this article. I gotta read this headline. Um. <laughs> Partying passengers stuck in Mexico after airlines declined to fly them home. Oh God, I'm gonna look at. I'll look at that. That's a headline. There apparently. Let me see if I can find a little bit more without a video popping up. Um. Some members of a rowdy group shown dancing, drinking, and vaping maskless aboard a flight to Cancun find themselves stranding in Mexico after the return flight to Canada, sorry radio, was scrubbed and other airlines have declined to fly them home. The group flew to Cancun from Montreal on December 30th aboard Sunwing Airlines charter flight for a trip organized by exclusive private group uh, 111 Private Club. Video of the party on board which shows passengers dancing and drinking in the aisles has, outra- has sparked outrage in Canada. An investigation by Transport Canada is underway, and passengers could face hefty fines. Canada Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said Wednesday he was extremely frustrated with the incident. It's a slap in the face to see people putting themselves, putting their fellow citizens, putting airline workers at risk by being completely irresponsible. Two sides every story here. I'm sure they were irresponsible, but what jumps out with this a privately chartered flight, so I don't know there's different sets of criteria. Anyway, um, in a statement posted on Twitter on Thursday, event organizer Triple One President James whatever said, I understand why my fellow citizens are upset about the current situation. Well, that is okay. He said he chartered a private plane to ensure everyone's safety and took the additional step of getting the passengers tested for COVID before they left Montreal. Return flight negotiations. Sunwing said in a statement that its decision to cancel the group's flight back to Canada was based on the group's refusal to accept all terms and our security team's assessment that noncompliance would likely based be likely be likely based on their previous disruptive uh, onboard behavior. All right, so that's an interesting fucking tidbit. The thought police are everywhere. The thought police are everywhere. You know, I, I don't know that story, but the fun police, but, uh, you know, they, they're probably ridiculously out of hand, but I guess the moral of that story is, look, if you're going to be a douchebag on a round trip, you know, if your plan is, hey, I want to really be a fucking douchebag, you know, on a plane, 
maybe maybe the the lesson here is do it on the return flight, not on the originating flight, because you don't want to get stuck and not be able to get home, right? Because if you if you just do it on the return, you get arrested and you get that shit, but at least you're home, right? Because I'm sure bullshit's awaiting these guys once they land back in Canada. Radio, do you know anything about this? Let me see if radio knows anything about this. Um. Uh, Omegle. Okay, Omegle. Thank you, Spicoli. I knew there was something I forgot. It is 11 o'clock. Podbean's going to kick me off. Um, All right, we'll be be back for a nooner for Omegle. So if anybody is up for video chat, the Art of Flying podcast will return in nine minutes. Nine minutes um, for experimental podcasting, and we're going to all go on video chat together. I'm going to go on an app called Omegle. You guys will get to see, and in between watching people fucking do the nasty to themselves or sit in a dark room, hopefully we'll be able to meet somebody decent. But you know what? Look, I'll settle for this. And I'm like, I just want to know. I really want to know, man, is, you know, what, what's going, what's somebody's plan with, like, I'm going to jerk off on this fucking camera. I mean, I, I get, just what, I'm not here to judge, man. What, what you're thinking? What are you hoping to accomplish by this? You know? So we'll see. And so we'll be back. I'm going to go uh, get some green tea, uh, get my morning weed ration geared up, going to hit the hemp plant, and we'll be back with round two of this. Uh, between now and then, guys, thank you so much uh, for listening sincerely, uh, for everything. I really appreciate it. I want to wish everybody nothing but peace and love. Um, I, I hope everybody's doing well, man. And like I said, we'll get there. Coexistence. We all want coexistence despite the messaging. So let's just refuse to fucking buy into it. I'm not going to get into hate. I'm not going to fucking hate on somebody that doesn't vax because I mean, I, I I wish they would, but I'm not going to hate on people. I'm not going to hate on somebody to fucking see something differently. Let's just fucking try to have com- conversations and figure out perspectives for a change and maybe come to the middle ground. With that said, we'll talk in a few. This is Will Dick from Parts Unknown, Colorado. Um, we'll be back at 11 a.m., nine minutes from now. 11 a.m., uh, Mountain Standard Time, nine minutes from now with Omegle. Omegle. Peace and love. Bye. Parts unknown. This is the Art of Floundering Podcast. Wishing you nothing but peace and love.